This episode is sponsored by Arana Stay, the digital guest guide of the future. Say goodbye to the hassle of traditional welcome packs and say hello to a seamless and unforgettable digital experience for your guests with Arana's fully branded guest experience app. Boost your revenue with powerful features and focus on what you do best, whilst Arana Stay takes care of the rest. Visit aranastay.com to find out more. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Accommodation Show. This week, I'm joined by the wonderful, fantastic Melissa Kalan to the show. Welcome. Thank you, Bart. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. We've been trying to tee this interview up for a little while, and I've been super excited about it because we will be talking about all things revenue management. And I would call you the revenue management queen because you (laughs) are um, the leader of ARMA, which is Australian Revenue Management Association. You are putting on an unbelievable conference called Unstoppable, which you've been doing for a little while. Um, right. you're, uh, you're someone that I met at No Vacancy, which was an event a little while ago, and you just have a great depth of knowledge about our industry, but also about revenue management. So I'm excited. I'm really excited to get stuck into talking about revenue management. But before we get going, I would love you, I've read your bio, but I, mm-hmm. I think you might be able to sort of give people a bit of an introduction as to uh, who you are, what you do with ARMA, but also a little bit of your history and how you got to where you are. Perfect. No, I'd be happy to. Thank you for that intro as well. Um, so look, I lead the Australian Revenue Management Association. I'm one of the company directors. I was uh, founded the, the company about 11 years ago now, and really it was set up to champion the discipline uh, of revenue management because I just know how valuable it is to business. Um, and the actual association really is a professional association that has a core focus on upskilling the industry. And we have professional certifications. We run events like the summit, which you mentioned, and provide um, networking opportunities and resources uh, for the industry. So I, 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 that came about because um, <clears throat> my original background was in the hotel industry. I started off in a hospitality traineeship and worked for the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Group. And I was at the right place, right time, and um, was introduced to this discipline of revenue management and fell in love with it. It was like a light bulb moment where I just couldn't believe the way we were sort of approaching business and managing our inventory (laughs) prior to having this knowledge. And I just found my niche and my space and have stayed in that Ever since, I went and spent some time at Qantas to broaden my skills. And, you know, the idea was for me to always come back in a role where I could help educate and upskill the broader industry that really, at the time, didn't have access to any um, education um, in this space. Some did, the uh, um, five-star sort of brands and larger mm. chains did, mm. had a lot of support from their American corporate offices, a lot of them, but the broader industry really didn't. And the goal was to provide e-learning and professional certifications online as well, so we could reach the broader 
um, industry much quicker. And that's how that came about. And 11 years later, here we are. We've done eight summits as well. This is its eighth year, and it's always wow. really well received by the industry. And look, it's a great industry, and um, it's forever changing, and I just constantly have to keep um, abreast of you know, the trends and, and technological changes and everything that's happening in that space. What a, what a fantastic segue into our topic for today. So today we're going to be talking about trends and technology. And I guess, uh, you know, going to an event like Unstoppable, this is where you get to sort of share and learn. I'm sure that you yourself, you, you go to these events, you organize these events to get the latest information from people that are out there on the coalface actually um, dealing with these different issues and understanding revenue management, particularly because there's so much turbulence out there and uh, it feels like it's always turbulent, right? So be it COVID, be it inflation, be it wars, there's always these things going and therefore the skill set around revenue management is more important than ever. Yes, well, we did, um, you know, we have lost quite a lot of um, talent, that succession pipeline of people in the industry, Mm. sadly, as a um, impact of the last few years. Um, But the, I mean, the the discipline itself and the skills, it, it's always been of value, but certainly um, when people are impacted with the revenue losses and f- impacted financially, um, sadly, like many operators have been through, um, through the pandemic years, um, there has been a renewed, um, or a, I suppose a shift in focus of, you know, recouping those losses and making money is, is at the forefront and making money always has been but once you actually hit financially and you see the losses that can occur and then there's that real extra need and desire to um, make more out of what you've got to find um, move the needle I suppose if you want to use that term as much as you can to every single dollar counts and that's where I think this big shift has um, turned more on to the discipline of revenue and yield management as well and upskilling their people and investing in them um, to make sure that they are at the forefront of, of it so yeah um, i guess that's a fascinating one because uh, you've got a tenure in this space and you've been doing these conferences for quite a while and you see mm. how things are actually changing and how um organizations are bringing in you know i guess basic revenue management principles but there's also I would say revenue management philosophy as well and that's from having different guests on the podcast and you'll have completely differing points of view as to how one should manage one's revenue and you know not race Mm. to the bottom and that sort of Mm. thing um the first question i would have is in terms of where things were 10 years ago and where they are now in terms Mm -hmm. of skill set because there's some people that have a or within their organizations that say yeah we've got revenue management under control and some would say Oh yeah, we know about it, but we're not doing it well enough. Do, would you have a gut feel as to sort of one how it's changed and now how good organisations are at their revenue ma- management? Sure, it's really come a long way um, over the last ten years, and you know that's been really pleasing to see. Um, a lot of the people that um, the, the value of the discipline has really. Um, increased in terms of their worth to the organization and their standing in the organization. So we've seen a lot of skilled revenue managers, you know, from being perceived as, you know, just data analysts and pouring over data 
to uh, really uh, being part of the broader uh, commercial leadership teams mm. now in organisations and also taking the lead of the commercial teams, uh, which is really, um, you know, a great step and also moving into general manager and more senior corporate level roles in companies. And I think the value of, especially uh, when there are good communicators and good leaders, the value um, of what they, their insights they can derive from the data. Um, and sometimes it just takes a small tweak uh, to, you know, get some great top line revenue uplift. So I think they've really earned their seat at the table now. And we are certainly seeing uh, the rise of commercial leaders more that have come from the revenue management side of business as opposed mm. to the operations side yeah yes. I, yeah i think you see that as a whole is that people that have a really good grasp of the numbers can do very well within an organization in terms of overall leadership and strategic yes. thinking because you're thinking outside the box rather than seeing what you can see right in front of you you've got a much bigger piece of the puzzle that you're actually looking at correct and i think where our, the skill set of revenue managers and good ones is that the context that they bring to the data. So it's, you know, there's a lot of data that um, people can have access to, and that can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing in t at times because, but a, a good revenue manager, the skill set they have is being able to know when to react and when not to react. And adding the layers of context required before just quickly reacting to a decision of one, uh, one data set or, or one number, context is very important. Yeah. And look, uh, I definitely want to move into sort of trends and technology and that sort of thing and, and talk about a conference. But before we go there, I, I, I do want to address. Um, so one of the biggest emerging sectors within the accommodation industry is short term rentals, vacation mm -hmm. rentals. Um, all the OTAs are speaking about it. That's where they see their biggest opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, revenue management as well. There's a, there's a plethora of different tools that are being developed to help uh, manage pricing, sort of dynamic pricing tools and that sort of technology that sits behind it. But yes. there's this, um, there's actually a, a real lack of education in terms of the sort of the revenue management side, like what, what kind of um, rules should I have and when should I apply different triggers? How do I use that data? And a lot mm. of these tools will automate it for you, but as you and I will well know that you do need, you need to understand your business. The tool isn't yes. going to understand what you're dealing with. And particularly with short-term rentals where <clears throat> it's not like a hotel where we've got a hundred rooms or 50 rooms or a thousand rooms. We've got disparate, a disparate portfolio all over the place with different properties. Um, yes. you can, you can imagine that like for i see short-term rentals as a, as a truly emerging um class right like mm -hmm. people say oh it's been around forever no well not the way that it is right now it's changing mm. really fast and professionalizing you've got property managers so you've got the property managers who will probably be sitting there and have some grasp of re revenue management but i'd say that they're probably back to where the hotel industry might have been in the past do you see it in the same yes. way or, or differently Yes, look, I mean, that would be my um, sort of broad, I guess, you know, more generalized view of it. I, with, with, you know, it was pretty much always perceived there was the airlines and the hotels, you know, came into place. And now over the last 10 years, I've seen it really become at the forefront, say, in the holiday park sector. And now I would say the short term rental market is really starting to become more aware of the value that this discipline can bring. And I think the, the key is it's understanding all the elements and the moving parts that make up the discipline and different operators 
have to take uh, and apply parts of it and tweak it to the their own nuances within their own businesses. So apartments are a bit different to your traditional, say, hotel model. And then holiday parks have their own uh, different um, elements, I suppose, that they have to tweak and, you know, and apply things slightly differently. But underpinning it is it's essentially the, the core, the, the same, what we're all trying to achieve. It's just that it has to be tweaked depending on the different business models. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity in the short-term rental market to certainly apply elements of this, certainly from that dynamic pricing piece, like you've just mentioned. Once they understand and can shift away, like from the static pricing concept to understanding why uh, and the value that dynamic pricing brings and how to do that effectively, then they can really see some, you know, business growth. Yeah. And, and, and like, as we were saying, I mean, that's literally where, you know, revenue management, the, the history of it was, it was like, hey, let's prove the value of actually having dynamic pricing. Let's prove the value of all these things and be like, oh, hold on a second. We can actually um, improve our bottom line by have, have many percent quite, quite simply by having some good strategy around it. Now I'm going to move back to, to the sort of trends and technology, because, um, I believe that unstoppable wasn't hosted last year, but correct me if I'm wrong, there's been a bit of a gap and I'd love to, to get your thoughts on, on what we can expect to sort of learn nowadays. Where is the industry at where, and I, I imagine that it's kind of like pre COVID to now to post COVID. What are you seeing? Well, we did actually, we brought it back in person this May last year mm -hmm. and we titled it then Let's Get On With It because we wanted to just move, <laughs> start moving Very forward. And, yeah. <laughs> and then prior to that, we did run it two years virtual. So it, 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 was, a, it was a bit of a rebuild again, um, although it was still well received um, by the industry. We did move it to Sydney and it was previously held in Melbourne. Um, and it will be in Sydney again this year. So this year, I think the great thing with this program is that it is the whole two days and we can do a two day program because there's always so much to talk about and learn mm -hmm. about all of the topics are targeted specifically to revenue management and all of the people there are people that are just, they just, um, absorb this information and they can't get enough of it. So two days can pass at this conference and I've had people say they wish it would go longer. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so that's always good feedback as well, but the, the topics resonate. But this year, I think it's heavily um, dominated by, not heavily dominated, but there's certainly the AI focus and the digital tools uh, that are, you know, there's always an emerging digital tools that will have use for business and becoming um, more, efficient and with automation as well. Mm. Um, so that's kind of a bit of a flavor of this theme, but we always have, um, you know, the direct booking um, topics and also the, the industry pain points around uh, rogue um, sites popping up that are sort of, you know, scraping their rates and selling their businesses without them sort of knowing about it and um, lots of different industry pain points like that that resonate across all operators even in the short-term rental market or the traditional accommodation space as well and um, costs understanding distribution costs as well is, is a big one and market share and um, I think ownership like not ownership of the customer but trust as well um, in terms of 
persuasive nudges and things and all that psychological element of pricing techniques that is something that industry has been a bit behind on as well and the OTAs are very good at it. Mm. Um, that's a whole nother piece that really can add a lot of value to, to your conversions um, yeah. and your business growth as well. Yeah, I think it will be interesting as well is to see how much chatter there is around sort of inflationary pressures as well. There's um, that, absolutely. Um, yes, sorry to <laughs> jump no, in no. there, but that just prompted me because I think we we there's so many forces that we've obviously coming through the pandemic and business is, you know, coming back at, at this stage. But I think we have to brace for more bumps along the way. And some of those bumps are the pressures of, you know, inflation, increased cost of living, and, and how does that affect your segmentation and then customer spend? And whilst it might maybe look good in the mid to short term, what's it gonna look more longer term? And, and that is a key piece over my years dealing with the industry is um, making sure that we always have, you know, as far out as possible on our radar as well, because often if you're looking at it often enough, that's when you can start to see uh, red flags um, and the sooner you can see red flags and you know obviously the quicker you can react and and make make changes that are necessary yeah it's interesting so if you talk about I mean you know just basic like sort of dynamic pricing I remember having a, a, a Les Morgan on the show and we were talking about inflation uh, well, it must have been a year ago now and um, we we're talking about how he saw the need to have dynamic pricing within the restaurant so, you know, mm. as the cost of a tomato goes up, all of a sudden you've got to change all your menus and you've got to figure out what you're doing and how you're pricing things because yes. it's just such a dramatic uh, difference that things make in terms of your cost base. Yes. Um, but also, you know, now you're going to have issues with cons consumer demand as well, which are going to change and uh, people's appetite for, 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 for different offerings will change. Um, I went out the other day and spent uh, $19 for a pint of beer, you know, which in my view is completely <laughs> unsus unsustainable. So yes. there's all these elements that are changing all the time and You're knowing right. how to adjust and how to pivot and how to uh, be nimble, right? Are we a nimble organization that can actually mm. make these changes? Um, when we need to. I think that's going to be super important it, it, discussion I'd like to hear a lot about and say, hey, what are people actually doing and how are you preparing for this? Like, I think that with COVID, it was almost like, all right, we're all shut down. We, we've got a clear path of, hey, nothing's happening, right? Let's figure it out. Well, yes. still, we don't really know. It's a month on month basis. You read the Correct. papers, the papers are pretty crap. In, in my view, they're not great at actually giving you good information that you can mm. use. Um, what, what, what do you what do you reckon? I think I think yeah I think it's exciting to see the um, the the rebound in travel that we're seeing, but I think it's naive to just think that you know great we, we're just going to keep um, surging forward now um, as things mm. used to be. There are still um, certainly a lot of external pressures on the demand that changes the sort of traditional way we're used to pre pandemic. Um, we're seeing that um, just with day of week changes, even in demand, like where Sunday used to be quite quiet and now that's picked up a bit because people are trying to avoid, you know, delays with flight schedules and things like that for a Monday. So they'll, they'll travel maybe earlier on a Sunday to get in, whereas a Friday, which used to be busy, isn't as busy. Um, this is general. I mean, obviously in different pockets and different sectors and different segments, it can be a bit different. But if I touch on, say, the corporate segment, for example, 
Um, and a lot of our, say, city hotels rely heavily on that corporate demand and they've had that forced change. There's pressures on reducing carbon footprints and the sustainability piece, which can impact the corporate travel and, and companies have gotten used to doing servicing their clients virtually. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, there definitely has to be a focus on not resting on your laurels as such and yes being excited that there is this rebound of travel but not just assuming that it's just going to keep it's not going to still have bumps along the way because there are things that are going to keep challenging it and you have to really be across your numbers and constantly look at the data and like i said as far out as you can as possible to try and pick up any red flags yeah mm. and i wonder as well whether there's going to be a need to to relook at the data points that we're actually collecting um, you know, I think that, you know, really understanding our customers and, and where they're coming from and why they're coming and how long they're staying and those things. I think that there's a lot of assumption that's being put into the, the equation as to, yes. as to why people are traveling. And I think that's going to dramatically change. I'll give you an example. Um, working from home has obviously been a huge uh, thing over the pandemic. And um, a lot of people now do work from home, but also now there's been a pushback against that from organizations mm -hmm. and CEOs saying, hey, you know, you should actually probably come to work and do some work rather than, than not work when you're, when you're supposedly working at home and not my words, that's, that's, a, that's what they're yes. saying. Yes. So that push to get back into the office is to ensure productivity, right? Um, mm -hmm. we look at tools like ChatGPT, which I'll actually be talking about when we're there, is they mm. improve efficiency to such a level that now we should get more output from our employees by you know tenfold or twentyfold mm -hmm. so therefore you know it's not that you're doing the job that you're doing before now you're doing a lot more what i'm getting at is mm -hmm. um it, there's this kind of call to get people back into the office and things are yes. changing once again and we need to make sure that we're getting those data points so we know why people are actually traveling whether it's still okay to do business just uh, virtually where mm -hmm. those expectations are coming back to, hey, hold on, we do need to meet face to face and shake each other's hands, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to, to how, it, how it used to be. So data point is kind of something that I think would be quite interesting to, to see what people are doing. That's right, because the whole uh, remote piece and flexible or hybrid um, arrangement, it's a bit like a Pandora's box that, you know, once it's sort of, is it that the word? It's, uh, all the genies out of the bottle once it's out it's hard to sort of rein it back in once people know it's possible for example you know i just think back to my my airline days even at the time they weren't really even open to being what could have been done remotely back then it just wasn't really something that was that was done or thought of as a possibility and then we've seen the, the airlines operating you know when even though the borders got shut, but where they could put flights on, they were operating domestically the operation out of their homes. So like the whole airlines were being run out of people's homes. So it can be done and we've seen it get done, but certainly there's a lot of challenges for um, businesses as well. And like you said, I mean, you've got to really be able to measure. It is about the productivity, but putting the right measurements in place for that um, is, possibly a challenge for some um, businesses but also there's that other flip side of um, you know the, the the chat by the water cooler and and the culture of the organization and and I don't like I said I don't have all the answers for it but I just know that it is a difficult there's a lot of benefits and mm -hmm. then there's a lot of challenges with it as well and yes a whole data piece around that would really have to be looked at is to the productivity expectations I will mention just one thing on that though is 
um, one downside, say, I've we've we had a you know a sales manager one time that had quite an aggressive approach, but because they're not in the office and you're not picking up or seeing or just observing <laughs> that behavior. Sometimes whilst the sales looked like they were coming in, it wasn't until the, you know, the repeat business started dropping off or the sentiment that you got from customers and feedback. Um, that's how we sort of were able to identify and, and speak to, you know, close contacts and get feedback. But, you know, that wasn't something that was so apparent initially because you weren't able to observe the person's behavior in the office mm. on a regular basis and hearing client conversations and things like that. So that's just a side piece and a challenge, <laughs> but there are benefits to it, yeah. but there's certainly um, a lot of um, difficulties for business leaders as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, for me, sort of applying that sort of thinking to, to revenue management, I really feel that um, our customer demographic is going to change. It really mm -hmm. is. And we need to keep it, pay attention to it. And we need mm -hmm. to think about what's actually happening within our business. And is it what we think it is? Because we, like you said, we've kind of set, set this pattern. Oh, people are spending more and they're doing this. They're traveling in this particular way. Once international travelers are back, it's going to be X, Y, and Z, which I don't think it's going to be. I think everyone that, that used to travel, everyone's got a bit older, different needs, got families now. I think it's all going to be quite, quite a, an interesting one for, for a lot of businesses to tackle and to deal with. Yes, and I do think we know, all know reviews are really powerful, but I think they're a real, um, even more so, <laughs> reviews make up part of the whole revenue management piece because it influences the perception of a property, which influences the demand and it also influences the pricing. So online review scores are a very powerful piece of the whole revenue and yield management um, discipline. But just I've, I've noticed just doing a little look myself recently online that I've, I find, you know, value for money was something that was dipping down on some properties that I wouldn't have expected it to mm. be at, um, certainly in that five star bracket as well. And I just think it's really important for all operators, no matter what star rating you are or what, you know, what level you are, that um, you have to really don't, you know, you have to look at the reviews because people's expectations are changing as well and yeah just making sure that um, when they're screaming out they think that you're lacking value for money I think you know you need to look at it and pay attention Wow mm. look I feel that these are conversations that we could have for days and luckily we've got a couple of days coming up where we will be able to have these conversations <laughs> yes. with each other and with our peers <coughs> excuse me tell me a little bit more about uh, uh, unstoppable what's happening what people can expect from that event Great. So the unique thing about our conference is, as I touched on before, that it is two days and all of the topics are focused on strategies that can help drive business growth. We do, um, it's very much uh, an education conference, two days, and the fact that everybody there is all like-minded professionals, the buzz of the summit is really exciting and it's something that a lot of people talk about after the event because it's just been in a room of full of like-minded people all um you know lapping up that content is um is really nice to see we try to actually mix the delegates up a lot so they don't just sit 
in a sort of main ballroom style room listening to you know death by powerpoint endlessly for two days we mix them up into genius zone sessions which are small discussion hubs so it gives them a chance to ask questions as well where they feel more comfortable to do that rather than in a, a main plenary style room we also have some commercial workshops where we focus on different um, a whole lot of different topics around their distribution around how to sell smarter is one of the, the topics, say, for, for this conference. And this year we are focusing, or we have an expert piece on um, ESG as well, because I think that that is something getting talked about and loosely touched on in some of the conferences, but there's still an underpinning, um, what's the word? Um, a lack, of, a lack of knowledge really in terms of just the depth of what that needs to go to perhaps and what that means from a revenue generation perspective as well for business. Yeah. So we're talking about that as well. And of course, AI and um, it's something we all just have to embrace and learn about how we can really utilize that well uh, in our businesses as well. And from a revenue management standpoint, we've always had automated revenue management solutions around, which are fantastic mm -hmm. for um, really, if you want to do revenue management really seriously, there are some really great tools out there that automate and um, churn the data for you and bring in data from a lot of sources and do a lot of your demand projections for you. Uh, but bringing in, you know, machine learning and AI and all this this element now is something that we're all um, trying to embrace and, and get up to speed with this as quickly as possible. It's going to be more and more important as the technology has got better and better at, at yes. dealing with this sort of stuff as well. Exactly. Um, awesome. So this is a, a two-day event uh, yes. which is happening and that's happening on May the 20th. 23 yep. and 24. That's 24th. right um beautiful uh so folks if you do want to check it out then make sure you look into the show notes and i believe that there may be a little bit of a special offer for those from the accommodation show as well is that right yes correct awesome so check out that link and you will get yourself a bit of a special if you do want to attend but make sure that you get onto it quick because we do not guarantee that that offer will be going forever or for the whole uh, whole uh, up until the event. So make sure you get on, check out the terms and conditions and get yourself a ticket. Um, is there anything else that we need to, to cover off, Melissa, or are we, we pretty good? I think we're pretty good. There's lots of, <laughs> lots of things I could <laughs> cover off, but I, I will just leave one tip in terms of, I do see written a lot now about the value of forecasting and it's more important than ever, but I would just like to say that forecasting has always been important for business. And it's, it is something though that is lacking out in the broader industry. And I think, you know, the skill set of good forecasters is still very, very valuable for business. And, you know, it underpins the whole commercial um, strategy and, and the cost management side, and also the guest experience and satisfaction side as well. Once your forecast accuracy is, is, really um, ticking along nicely and as accurate as it can be. So forecasting is a large part of revenue and yield management. And in order to be able to determine your pricing, um, it all, all stems from that. So yeah, I just wanted to flag that, that I do see it's more important now than ever, but <laughs> forecasting has always been important and really people need to, to, to focus on it. Yes. And look, there's just so many different, I guess from what I'm getting, there's so many different things that we can look at and focus on and taking that time out to actually 
meet beers, talk about these different issues, and even maybe explore issues that we may not have thought of for a little while. That oh, actually, that one is more important than I envisaged. It's yes. invaluable. And that's where the summit is great because it is once a year an opportunity to bring industry together from all sectors and just having that conversation, like you mentioned, you know, running an idea about some, running an idea past someone or um, having that the diverse opinions about something. It, it's all really important to have that, have those discussions and that's where the summit keeps that um, alive in the industry and thriving. Yeah. And what I like about the, the events myself is is getting to know people that are your peers that you could potentially call in the future and say, hey, I've got this problem, I've got this issue, and yes. how would you deal with it? I think that's incredibly invaluable. Correct. Really is. All right, yes. folks, um, I'm going to wrap it there. Uh, thank you so much, Melissa. If you did enjoy the episode, then make sure you give us a like, a follow, and a subscribe. Leave us a review on Google. We want to know whether you'll be attending this event and whether you are doing revenue management in your business and how valuable you think it actually is. Melissa, thank you so much once again. I do sincerely appreciate you, and I'm looking forward to presenting at the event in a few weeks' time. Yes, thank you, Bart. Thanks for having me speak to your audience today. And yes, we can't wait to have you in person this year at Unstoppable and um, have you share all your amazing insights with our audience as well. So thanks again. Thank you so Bye, much. Bye, everyone. Have a good day.